Brooke doesn't know this, and neither did anybody else, because I've only shared it with Alexis. Can everybody hear me okay? But she prayed my heart. She prayed my heart. And that's exactly what Jesus wants is for his bride to wake up. His bride to understand. You get you guys can't sit next to each other. Peter, I want you between them. What the enemy wants is to distract. Please understand that. Do you understand that? I don't think you do. The enemy wants to distract. He wants to distract from what's really going on. Because that's how he maintains a status quo in the church. And please understand my heart by calling you guys out. And nobody knows what was going on, but you know I do. By calling you out, it's not to come against you. It is literally to help you. To save you from something you have no clue what you're toying with. I, I really wrestled this morning <laughs> with what was supposed to go online and what's not. And finally, the Lord just said, put it all online. Because we have family members that are online that can't be here. We have our extended family that will listen to this. And yes, there'll be many. There'll be many that watch this and listen to this that don't know what's going on. But I, I want to address something first. And it's really not to you guys, so forgive me for this. But this is something that the Lord had told me to do. And I'll explain a little bit about it afterward. But I, I speak to this destroyer. Because I know he's here. I know he's listening. I know he's here to distract. I give you a warning. We will stop dead in our tracks with what we're doing this morning. And we will worship. And I command that if we do that, you are to stay here. And it will burn in your ears. In Jesus' name. See, yesterday and the day before, there were a few of us that went down to Washington, D.C. This thing down there called Awaken the Dawn. I, honestly, I had no idea what it was or anything else. Um, I had never heard of it. As a matter of fact, when a, when a, a, a new friend of mine, a new friend of Ignition's, um, had, had uh, told me something about it because he was going to be down there, um, the only thing I knew is that our praise team had been asked to sing it something in D.C. So I wondered if that was the same thing, and it turned out it was. This is the first year that this thing's been in D.C., but what it was was every state had a tent down there, and then they had regional tents, and then they had a big main stage. But the whole purpose of this weekend, I think it started on Friday and it goes through tomorrow, but the whole purpose for this weekend was to bring to the heart of Washington, D.C., worship and prayer. It wasn't about bringing the speakers there, although they, they had awesome... Tonight, they have phenomenal speakers. It's all, it's all geared toward college age tonight. They have Todd White. They have Sean Bolts. They, have, they had like four or five people. But it's not about the speakers. It's about the bride of Christ coming from all 50 states to cry out, We need you. We need you, Father, to cover this nation. We're in the heart of this nation crying out for you to cover. Well, I love how God works even when we don't understand what's going on. Okay? 
because originally our praise team was going to just do this Friday night thing, and, and then maybe some of us would go down there and, and enjoy the worship and be there for a few hours and then drive back. And But God had a different plan, right? See, God wanted certain people to go down and to be there and do something specifically on Saturday. He, he began to lay it on my heart. I didn't understand even why at first or, or why the specific things that he had, but he wanted us to go down and pray over four specific areas. And I'm telling you this story for a reason. Most of you know that our calling has been very specific in warfare. And our calling has now been engaged in a very specific war over a specific target, if you will. That's who I addressed just a moment ago. The Lord has told me who he is. I know his name. I know who he is. I'm not allowed to say that yet. Because when you know who he is, when you're told who he is, you're going to understand that this warfare is so much greater than this church. This warfare is so much greater than even what is going on with our nation. What is at war right now is the readying of the bride. What is at war right now is the coming together of the bride, of those who know Jesus Christ, coming together in unity, not for the purpose of of just coming together to have fun, but coming together for the purpose of recognizing Jesus Christ on this earth as our Lord and Savior. And He is the one who we want to lead in everything that we do. So we Friday night, we went and the, the worship team, and God bless them, they didn't even go on until like 10, 20. <laughs> and it was awesome. Every 10, night, this, this friend, of, friend of mine, his name's David, uh, I'll, I'll say this part too, which was really cool, because I don't know that we would have been able to do what we needed to do by going down there Friday night and staying late. I mean, it would have been really hard. You know, we literally would have been there all night. But David just so graciously said, well, we have a house down there. Why don't you stay with us or stay at the house? Nobody's there. They use it for business. He said, why don't you just stay there? I'll be there. We'll hang out. We'll do this. And, and you don't have to worry about it. Places to park and everything else. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Well, we get down there only to find out Jeff Sessions lives right across the street. Mitch McConnell is right catty corner to there. You know, it was, it was like, God, are you serious? Are you serious? I mean, I mean, it would have been fine to, to stay somewhere and take a metro ride, a quick metro ride in. But no, he literally puts us two blocks from the Capitol. And we're the only ones in the home. And it was, it was crazy. But what the Lord said, I want you to do, he said, on Saturday... I want you to go to these three places. I want you to go to the Supreme Court building and pray very specifically over it. And he he said he would fill our mouths when we're there. The second place was the Capitol building. By the way, that's a big building. Ever try walking around it, you'll realize how big a building that is. The Capitol building was the second one. And I didn't fully understand even the order of all this. The third building was the White House. And if you know Washington, D.C., that's not a short walk. (laughs) It's a lot of walking between there. The third was the White House. All of those made sense to me because it was the three separations of our government that we needed to pray over. It was the, the Congress, which is our legislative branch, the White House, which is our executive branch, and then the Supreme Court, and, and it, which is over the judicial branch, right? And we were to specifically pray for Jeff Sessions and then the leadership within each thing. All those made sense to me. I understood that. That, that makes perfect sense. What didn't make sense to me was the last one. The last place that we were to go was the Washington Monument. That was the very last place. 
And it didn't make sense to me. We're here Friday night, and it didn't, didn't, and not that it has to make sense to me. By the way, when you are told something to do by Jesus Christ, it doesn't have to make sense to you. Obedience doesn't have to make sense. The only thing you have to make sure of is that it's coming from Him. When you know Jesus is telling you to do something, when you know it's from Him, it doesn't have to make sense. Just be obedient. Just step. So Friday night, we're worshiping, and I'm praying, and I, I'm saying, you know, Lord, we're, we're, I'm, I'm excited about doing this the next day. Didn't realize how much I'd walk, but I'm glad I brought good shoes. But I'm excited about this. And the Lord began to show me this vision. And I knew it to be, it wasn't a real time like what was going on then. It was a prophetic vision of the next day. And it, and it, wasn't, it wasn't even a detailed vision. It was simply a vision of this destroyer who is over this nation, by the way. He is who has control of this nation. But he showed me that he retreated from point to point to point to point. And where he ended up was at that Washington Monument. And I saw him go circular up the monument, up to the top, and just cling to the top. And it wasn't a stance of war. It was a stance of fear. This is the first time I've seen the destroyer as a dragon. I had seen him in other manifestations, if you will. But this is the first time I saw him in his form in which it was prophesied he would be destroyed. Now read into that. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't think we need to read into that. But I saw his fear. And that was prophetic of the next day. So the next day, I think we got like four hours of sleep. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't much. But the next day... We come out, and we go to the, the Supreme Court building after we got Josh his coffee. So Josh, so Josh could make the rest of the day with us. <laughs> we go to the Supreme Court building, and all I knew is we had to be on the land. We had to be on the land that, that where, where that sat. We didn't have to be in the building or any of that. So we, so we went to this side, I think it was a side entrance is what I think it was. But we were on the side, and we were pretty much alone, nobody, nobody around, and began to pray, and each of us had to pray. There were seven of us there from Ignition, and then plus David was there at the beginning. And as we prayed, we prayed for different leaders at the Supreme Court, but, but God just began laying on my heart to pray regarding abortion. Pray regarding some of these these sins that this country has committed in their choices as a country and asking forgiveness for it. And so we did. And and we're all praying there. And and when we did that, the Lord gave me this this just amazing thought process that at the Supreme Court building, David was with us and he prayed with us. He made eight. The seven of us were the completion of what was God was going to do. But David made eight. Did this die? Um, somebody get me batteries. It's probably the batteries. I'll keep talking, but can somebody get me uh, two double A's? Here, Josh, I'll have you put those in there. I'll just talk really loud. And, and Well, actually, no, let me go in this. All right, is this the one? Okay, I'll talk into this until they get me new batteries. But so, so we're praying at the at the Supreme Court building, and uh, and he gave me this thought that there's eight of us there, and eight in the Bible means new beginning. That God wants to do something fresh. He wants to do something new in what we're doing in this country. Thank you very much. Now, between that and this thing, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot this thing. But understand that this warfare. Am I on now in this? 
if it would be on my face. Understand that the warfare that we're in is a battle that has a cost. It's a battle that has to be fought. It's not just something that you recognize and then, oh, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just hang out until Jesus kind of takes care of it all. No, he uses his warriors to do it. So we prayed there, and then the second place we went was to the Capitol. And we went to, I, I'm assuming that's the back of the building. It's, it's where President Trump did his inauguration and all that. We couldn't get up the steps, but we, we stayed on the land down there, tried to find some shade. And we prayed for all of Congress. We prayed for the leaders of Congress. Then from there, we went to the White House. And then, again, just being on the land, and that was a much tougher place to get to. <laughs> they don't allow people right near it. So, so uh, uh, a place that they had closed later, as a matter of fact, right when we were ending, they had to ask us to leave. But the, the security guard let us stay there to pray. I had asked, I told him we were there to pray, and he said, that's, that's fine, and, and, uh, uh, so we were able to be right there as part of the land. But we prayed for President Trump. We prayed for Vice President Pence. We prayed for all of the executive branch. And through each one of these, and it, and, and, and it would take too long to go through it, but through each one of these, God gave us vision of what was going on at that place at that time. And then the last place was the Washington Monument. And see, what the Lord had revealed to me the night before is that the Washington Monument was his retreat place, the enemy's retreat place. Why? Because it was his seat of power. It was his seat of power. I thought that was ironic because I don't know how many, I'd be curious, how many in here, just raise your hand, how many in here kind of assumed, or if maybe you never thought about it, but assumed that the Washington Monument was the center of Washington, D.C. I've always assumed that, right? You see the pictures? That's the center. It's the center of the mall. You know, it's the center of that. I always assumed it was the center of Washington, D.C. How extraordinary to find out that there is a circle right in the middle of the Capitol building. I can't remember what David told me it was called, but there's this circle right in the middle of the Capitol building that is the dead center of Washington, D.C. Do you understand that the very power that was supposed to come out of D.C. or be over D.C. was supposed to come out of the Capitol? But it hadn't. What I saw, what the visions that we saw, were the influence and the power literally came from this principality where his stronghold was at the Washington Monument. So then it began to make sense to me, and, and, and I get it, it may not make sense to you even with me explaining this, but it began to make sense to me that that, that was the last place we had to go because that was the last place he could retreat to. See, the warfare that we deal with is not physical. Ephesians 6 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against spiritual forces of evil in high places. Church, he wants you to wake up. He wants you to wake up and understand that what you deal with here on this earth is not necessarily because of what you think is going on. When you have attacks against you, it may not necessarily be because of something you did. I'm not saying it isn't either. Because if you run out into traffic, chances are you're going to get hit by a car, right? There are things we do that have consequences to them. If I choose to do something that could hurt me, I can't be surprised if I get hurt. You know, sorry, I just had a picture in my mind of this movie, this, this Eddie Murphy movie where he's running across like eight lanes of traffic, save me, save me, save me. Well, anyway, sorry. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's those unexpected things. It's the things when you pursue God with everything that you are, and all of a sudden you're hitting distractions or you're hitting roadblocks. You get involved in something, you get excited, God starts to move in your life. And then we wonder, what happened? What happened? Why, why did this happen? Why did this happen to take me off track? Why did this happen to, to put a roadblock so I couldn't go or couldn't do this? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And here's the problem. Here's where he wants the church to wake up. That is not just that person's problem. That's everyone's problem. If we are a unified church, we have to be fighting for each other. We have to recognize that we don't fight against flesh and blood. That's why when you see something going on that is a distraction, sorry to use you guys as an example, but thank you, Lord, for giving me an example. <laughs> when you see something going on during worship, which is the most sacred, understand this, guys, this is the most sacred time. And God is moving in people's hearts. You've got to connect the dots. To understand that the enemy wants to distract. And what is being allowed to be done through you doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone around you. And I know I singled them out. But it's everybody. It's all of us. Satan can come after all of us. Are we engaged in this war or aren't we engaged in this war? If you're engaged in this war, you have to fight for each other. See, there are things that happen that are beyond our control. Oftentimes, sickness comes that's beyond our control. That doesn't come as a result of sin or anything else. Or just flat eating bad. I mean, if you get sick and you eat every day at McDonald's, okay, well, there you go. But there are things that happen that are beyond our control. How do we fight for each other in those times? It could be really discouraging. You know, I've noticed Tuesday nights, or Tuesday day, the whole day, you, you ask anybody that comes Tuesday nights, Tuesday is the hardest day of the week. It is for every one of them. And there are occasions where, where maybe it was an easier day and you'll find out people have been praying for you. So where are we in fighting for each other? Where are we? The church has to wake up. And I know this says Q&A, and we really should have started the Q&A, but, but this just not happening. I won't say that we won't get Q&A. Maybe we'll do it next week. I don't know. God wants us to get this. He wants us to get this because there's a war waging. You may not know it. You may not understand it. You may not believe it doesn't mean it's not true. It's just like Jesus. You may not know him. You may not believe him. You may not be able to see him. It doesn't mean that he isn't God and he isn't there. This warfare is real. By the way, the reason why I had to address the destroyer at the beginning was because he's allowed to be here. I didn't understand that before, and the Lord told me that last night. He has authority to be here, not because of sin. He has authority to be here because we've been given authority to go after him. And like anybody in court, they have a right to defense. Makes me sick to think he has a right for anything. 
But understand this, this warfare is not a, a one-and-done battle. This warfare is real. I want to share something with you that's, that's very difficult for me. But he wants our attention. What's it, and, and I mean as a church. I don't mean individually to, to acknowledge him as Savior. That's not what I mean. He wants our attention as Ignition Church. As all of us here, as those online, he wants our attention and our understanding of what this battle is. Because you can't fight it if you don't even know you're in it. And I've been praying for a long time. Lord, how? How how do we get their attention? How do we get them to unify? How do we get them to understand what's really going on and what the cost is? Because the cost is so much greater than us. The cost is so much greater than, than the people sitting here or those online. The cost is all those who... We are literally fighting for, for those billion souls that don't even know him yet. That's the warfare. That's the fight. So the Lord started to lay, lay on my heart a very difficult thing. All of you know I'm going to Nigeria. And by the way, he told me, that I could tell you this. Because for this is something I've known for, I don't know, six weeks. And it's, it's been something that's been very difficult because I've not been able to tell anybody anything. But see, there's a reason why. We were supposed to go with a few of us. There were supposed to be about four or five people going this trip to Nigeria. And then the Lord told me no. He said, I have to go alone. And I didn't understand that at first. I didn't understand why, especially because there, there were people that needed to come and see the land and that were going to purchase land and get involved. And we got all this going, Lord, no, we got all this going on. And he said, he said, no, he said, you can't put the cart before the horse. He said, I need this, this team on board with what I'm doing. I need this team on board understanding this warfare and what you're up against. It's not just that we're up against quote-unquote warfare, because everybody is. It's that his calling for our church at this time is very specific. And, and by the way, don't do what you see me do. I want to make this very clear. When I speak to this destroyer, it is because the Lord has specifically told me to do that. He has told me that he has given me authority to do that with this destroyer. The, the, the scriptures teach don't go up against anything that you have not been given authority to go up against. That's offensively. That's not defense. You have complete authority, just like what Brooke prayed. If the enemy comes after you, you have complete authority to crush him because he's already been crushed on the cross. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this principality that is seated over this country and has been interwoven in through the church in this country. God wants him unseated. And destroyed. So please understand what I mean by that. God has declared war with us, us against Him, and we, we've been aware of this for, I've been aware of this for well over a year. Or maybe about a year. I'd have to look at my journal. But it wasn't until Recently, that I really understood the depth of what it meant. So this trip to Nigeria is really a test. I think part of it is a test for me. 
but it's a really a test for you, a test for this church. Because what the Lord told me is that the enemy will come against me, this specific destroyer will come against me. He's waiting for me to get away from this group of safety. And he will come after me. And I asked the Lord, and this was, I think about six, we started about six weeks ago. I asked him if this is something he'll come after me spiritually, like, like in the spirit world. You know, because a lot of times we don't really see that coming. Right? He can affect us in different ways. Or is this something physical? He said both. He showed me that I would be that I will be abducted in Nigeria. And that, that's hard to say for a couple of reasons. One, because if I was on the receiving end of that, I'm not sure I would believe it. Please understand this is not manipulative on my part. I, I truly have nothing to gain by telling you this. But God needs you to understand. And you're going to understand one way or the other. Now, when he began to show me this, he started to give me visions of how it would happen, of then what would happen, And the only thing I can tell you is that my life will be spared. I will not lose my life. But I said, Lord, does this mean, like, is this etched in stone? You know, and he knows my heart. And I'll declare it before all of you. This will not deter me going. He knows from the beginning I gave him everything. So it doesn't matter because he will give me the grace. But I asked him, is this how it has to be? To get our attention, to understand what our calling is in this life. He said, no. He said, it doesn't have to go that way. He said, I need the church to pray. I need the church to engage. I need the church to understand what they're warring for and that there's a real cost if you don't. I said, okay, what if they don't? You know, what, what, if, what if they pray but they, they, but they truly don't understand what this really is, or what's really going on. And that's when he said, he'll be with me. Because you will understand when it happens. You will understand the truth of prophecy. You will understand the level that that God has engaged us in this warfare. You will understand that. And God will take everything and make it for good. But he wants your attention. Distractions come so easily in this life because we look at what it takes to get ahead in this life. And I get that. I did that for 25 years. 25 plus. I understand that. I don't fault anybody for that. But if you are called to this church, don't believe the lie. You are called to something different. You are called to this warfare. You are called to understanding the power of prayer. You are called to understand that you go to war for your neighbor. You go to war for those who are in here with you. And you stand beside them, even if they're standing in a place you don't want to be yourself. You stand. See, you hear all these heroic stories during war of somebody 
being in a position where they cannot do something themselves, and then all of a sudden people will stand around them. And they'll hold that ground or even take the new ground. Why, why don't we associate that with this life in the spirit realm? See, because it's the same thing and probably more real. But see, Satan fights in tricky ways. I've noticed it so many different ways. He distracts in so many different ways. He, he, he can even distract by giving me this stupid microphone, driving me nuts. I need to really do something about that. I'm serious about that duct tape all the way around. Anything that he can do, the enemy, to distract us from the course that God wants us on is victory. By the way, that means tiredness. You ever wonder? Now, as a preacher, you know, I mean, trust me, trust me, man. When I was in college, I don't think I listened to any sermon because I was too tired, because I stayed up the night before. Just either I had a test or I was goofing off. And more times than not, I was probably goofing off. And so we had chapel three times a week. I actually learned, and this is pretty amazing, I actually learned how to, how to sleep with my eyes open. Can anybody do that? It's like crazy, because back then, liberty was a lot more strict than it is now. Back then, you actually got in trouble if you didn't show up. Right? Or, or, or if you're sleeping, they'd have an RA come around and just kind of, you know, slap you in the shoulder or whatever. Wake up, you know? And, and so I learned to literally sleep with my eyes open. I don't even, even know why I told you that. <laughs> Except that recognize even the small things. If you're pursuing hard after God and you're, you're just getting exhausted, just recognize what that could be. Now, I'm not saying it's not tired. I mean, look at, look at what's happened. Let's say you got one hour of sleep last night, and you're wondering why you're tired. Okay, there's probably a really good reason you didn't get any sleep. Okay? But also recognize that the enemy comes against us so that we can have, have a difficult time paying attention. He needs the bride to wake up. God has called us to be the tip of the spear. That means we got to wake up first. We've got to understand this warfare first. And don't look at your abilities. Because the greatest ability you have is to go on your knees before the Lord for each other. For me. I'm asking you to do that. When I go to Nigeria. He's shown me specific vulnerability times. And I, I, I command eyes and ears closed. Of any demonic spirit listening. I command that this be placed in a bubble of stealth. In Jesus name and by the power of his blood. Even online or as this, this is recorded. Father, I ask no access be given the enemy at all. We are family and we're, we're speaking right now. In Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. See, the Lord's shown me, it's not the only vulnerable times, but my most vulnerable times will be at night. Isn't it funny how this trip is the only trip and the first trip that I won't be saying at the governor's house? where there's two levels of armed guards. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the will of God to wake his church up. Now understand that no man or woman can do anything against me when it's separated by the power of God. Think of Elijah. Elijah is sitting there with his, his servant and, and the servant's just freaking out because they're surrounded. Now think about that. 
surrounded by people that they see, that they see them, that they know want to kill them. And there's nothing to stop them from doing that. And Elijah says, Lord, open his eyes. And he did. And there were chariots of fire encircling them all over. And by the way, they never, the enemy never penetrated. As Elijah knew that they wouldn't, never even came close. That's the power of prayer. That's the power of prayer. That's what God wants to do in your prayer life. That's what he wants to do with this unified group. Coming together in prayer to war, not just for me, with this microphone, but to war literally for the bride. See, you have to learn to war for each other first. You have to learn to war for me first. Because when you get that, when you understand that this life is serious, then that means God will have prepared you to war for the bride. I'm done with this microphone. Then that's when... Is this the one I took? Yeah, okay. That's when you're ready to war for the bride. We all talk about wanting to be ready. There's a cost to being ready. Now, before God, he knows I am willing to pay that cost. But are you willing to fight? Are you willing to fight not just for me? Are you willing to fight for what God has placed in your calling? Because if, if, if your Christian walk is all about fellowship and all about coming to church and feeling good and just being a part of, of this and, and not looking beyond that, then there's no way you can be a part of warfare. See, you have to understand that God has called you to something bigger. He's called you, not just the people sitting around you. He's called you. If you are listening to my voice right now, He's called you for a greater purpose. Now, I know what I brought up last week. I know there are a lot of questions, and perhaps we'll do the question and answer next week because it's important you understand how the enemy fights, but yet that you have full authority has been given in your life to fight him in your life. But do you understand we've been given authority to fight for each other? That's what intercessory prayer is. Intercession is when you take on, you don't just fluffy pray for somebody else. You take on what they're dealing with. If you don't know what I'm talking about, ask Anissa. And I know others that have done this, but but she has literally prayed for people at certain times that are being attacked or something was going after that person. She's prayed and stood in the gap and said, Father, let me take it. Let me take it. That's intercession. That's what the Lord wants for this family. By the way, that's why they all moved in together in the Church of Acts. I mean, that and the persecution, probably. <laughs> but they fought for each other. They had to, because their lives depended upon it. I'm reminded of Peter, when Peter was sent to prison. And, and, and I've had a couple of, couple of visions about this. You know, I, I did ask the Lord later, because, you know, I, I have a creative mind, right? 
And we have to disseminate between what the Lord gives us and and versus what we ate for dinner. <laughs> right? And if it's just our own our own creative thing. But I've had visions of, of the very thing that happened to Peter, where Peter was taken and they were going to put him to death, and literally an angel came and let him out. Guards never knew it. In fact, he walked back to his house only to realize that they were there praying for him right then. And when he knocked on the door and they answered the door, they didn't believe it was him. Even though they're right there praying for him. Well, maybe it's Peter's spirit. Well, I hope not, because that would mean he's probably dead. See, prayer has power. Intercessory prayer has power. And it has to be a part of your life if you're going to be a part of this warfare. You know those among you who are the most vulnerable. You know who they are. Are you praying for them? Are you standing in the gap for them? Are you telling the Lord, I will take on some of what they have to deal with just so they can be strengthened. That's what he wants. He wants you to engage in that fight for them. So that's what I'm calling this church to do. Be in prayer together for each other and fight this fight. I'm going to end with this. There's victory coming. And, and I, I want this to be on tape because this is something that's going to prove out to be true. And for many that listen to this, that do not believe right now, you will believe. Because this destroyer that is over this country will be defeated. And by the way, he will not just be sent away. Because the Lord has told me that when he is defeated he will be cast to the abyss. He will not be able to do anything more until a given time. So this victory is coming. And this victory is... That's why he's losing his grip. Maybe one of these days I'll, I'll, I'll share with you some of the visions that were seen yesterday, especially at the Washington Monument. The prayer there was extraordinary. And, and, and the Lord told me, after praying for this, he told me to stand. We stood up, because we were sitting in prayer. We stood up, and, and the Lord had me place my hand on the Washington Monument and declare it be destroyed. And please understand that, now that's not my prophecy. That's Mark Taylor's prophecy. Well, he didn't say Washington Monument. The Lord told me that's which one it was, but... Mark Taylor prophesied that there would be a sign in Washington, D.C., a monument that would come down, that would be unexpected, that would even be hard to believe. You will see the Washington Monument come down. It will come down by natural means, not some terrorist or anything like that. It will come down by natural means, but what will be revealed is the extraordinary part. Because the Lord showed me there is a stone. I don't know if it's the cornerstone. You know, the first one that they, I, I believe that's what it would be. It makes sense. But there's a stone in the base, in the foundation of that monument that has a saying written on it that was covered over as they built it. But that saying, I don't know what, the words were of the saying, but it was in dedication to Satan. That may sound fantastic and ridiculous and crazy. And Greg really should have eaten breakfast this morning. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Man, totally I get it. When the Lord tells me things, I, I say the same thing to him. Lord, come on, that's crazy. <laughs> and then I have to decide between, is that me or you, Lord? Because I, I have this imagination. 
But when he confirms it over and over and over again, I know it's him. You will see that come down. You will see that stone revealed. And this nation will see what that saying says. And it will never be rebuilt. In fact, something else. Amen. I agree. When I'm done, I want you to share that. But the problem is, the people online have no idea that you're talking right now. (laughs) So, just hold on to that, because I want you to come up here and share what he's shown you. But please understand the importance of this warfare. And the importance of the victory. Because in that victory, God will turn this nation around. He's already losing grip. He's already defeated back to his stronghold. When we prayed yesterday, I think both Shannon and Brooke saw the anger. I mean, it was like like a, a crazy person that doesn't even know what to do. They're so angry. They're so filled with rage. And he was so contained. By the power of God. He could not do anything. He knows he's about to be defeated. And that's why his strategy is to defeat us. But even in that strategy, he will fail. No matter what, he will fail. And understand that your calling is so much greater than you could possibly imagine. So treat it with reverence. Treat God with reverence. I, I know sometimes we talk about relationship and, and, and we talk about this idea that it's okay to be flipped with God. But it's not. It's not. The Father is not the man upstairs. The Father is different than the Son. Read the Old Testament and understand the reverence that God only not only expects, but He demands. Because of His righteousness, Oh, praise God, we have an advocate. Praise God, we have a a lawyer, actually a very busy lawyer. Right? Can you imagine Jesus have, Lord, no, this this is what they meant. Okay, this is what they said. You know, we we have Jesus there at the right hand of God fighting for us. See, it didn't change the righteousness of the Father. He wants us to be all out for him all out for his son. It takes saying yes, but it takes something beyond that. It takes a recognition that every day is a war. Every day you fight for each other. Let's pray. And we're going to end in a worship song tonight, or today, this morning. It is, yeah. Good morning.